Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews, where an evangelical encounters the restoration. I am your host, Stephen Pinecker, and I want to welcome a very special guest to the program. Uh, I've had other evangelicals on, but what makes this so unique is uh, this is one of the first guests that I booked as a direct result uh, of my appearance on Mormon Stories. Uh, Leah, Leah Merritt, <laughs> you are a student at Brigham Young University, and you reached out to me. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be on. So uh, we had a conversation last week, and uh, she said she was very interested in hearing my story and thought that this would be a great platform to kind of tell her story. And this is the convergence of evangelicalism and the restoration. And to me, you're at ground zero because you are an evangelical. Yep. <laughs> you're one of only a few dozen, right, that are at the school? Yeah, it's that. Wow, pretty cool. So why is an evangelical at BYU? That's the question probably everybody wants to know. But before we get there, I want, to, I want you to tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your background, and what got you interested in Mormonism. So I am from Lawrence, Kansas, uh, home of the Jayhawks, and <laughs> so I grew up in a college town. I was um, not sure where I wanted to go to college. I knew I wanted to leave the Midwest, and I actually planned to go to the University of Maryland. Um, my senior year, some plans fell through, basically, and I had been feeling like I should go to BYU, which is something very typical for a BYU student to say. Um, despite not being LDS, I had somewhat of that same experience where I felt like I was supposed to be going to BYU, and I thought, that's crazy, <laughs> and I will never do that, and then here I am. Pretty wild. Uh, so you had this calling to go to Brigham Young University. Now, <laughs> we got to figure out what led you to that, like what caused you to be interested in Mormonism in the first place, and maybe just how you actually ended up feeling that you had that calling. So I actually grew up with some close family friends that were Latter-day Saints. We, we uh, knew several people in the ward and we're still good friends with them. So shout out to them if they're watching this. Um, uh, I was really interested just in learning about other religions. And I hit a point in my life, my senior year of high school, where I realized I didn't know what I believed. Uh, I didn't know whether I believed what I had been raised in. I was raised in a Presbyterian church or whether I believed something else entirely. And what was important to me was knowing what was true, not what was comfortable for me. And I thought that um, a good start would be to study the Latter-day Saint church and just start to understand things from there. So you're in high school and you start studying mm -hmm. Latter-day Saint stuff. So the question I have is, uh, you know, this is interesting because like you said, Mormon stories, <laughs> And you reach out to me. And I think this is uh, what you're all about. You, uh, like me, really delved into the world of Mormonism and did a mm -hmm. lot of research online, watched a lot of YouTube and listened to podcasts and read materials. Maybe just talk about what was like your initial foray into studying Mormonism. Like what, where did you go first? Were you looking at anti-Mormon stuff or were you looking at, you know, faithful stuff? Tell me a little bit about some of the stuff you were engaging. Yeah, so I had recently gone through a book with some people from church called The Case for Christ. And the one thing that really stuck out to me from that book was that at the beginning, it talked about being an unbiased um, audience for different sources. And so my concern with studying a new religion was that I actually didn't want to only listen to anti-Mormon per se sources. 
Um, I really didn't want to learn things from one side, even if it was the side that was going to give me a confirmation bias. And I thought it was really important that I would be able to look at things more objectively. Um, when I was first studying the church, I would look at some sources that were a um, Protestant perspective, looking at Latter-day Saints. I would also look at Latter-day Saint perspectives um, from church history videos, church historians, to uh, Three Mormons is what it was called then, <laughs> um, which is a kind of a church production. And what was your what um, was your favorite th Three Mormon? What was who was your favorite? Oh my goodness! Quaker. <laughs> I sure. Let's let's go with Quaker. We can give Quaker a shout out on here. <laughs> shout out to Quaker. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I wanted, whenever I felt like I was getting biased towards one side or the other, I would take a break and make sure that I was set up for the next time studying. That's great. I love it. I love it. So I, uh, you know, of course, I was obsessed with Mormonism since I was like a seven, eight or eight year old boy, but it was really mm -hmm. in high school is when I first started collecting. So we were probably about the same age when we started really engaging, you know, like studying it and stuff like that. Uh, now, of course, I come from the pre-internet era, so I had to go to libraries and do things the old-fashioned way to study. Um, so tell me, when you were studying Mormonism, were there surprises, uh, things that you weren't expecting, things that you learned or about maybe about the people or about the doctrine or about the church that kind of stick out for you? Yeah, I think the doctrine for anyone studying it, it's going to be a lot more complex than you would first expect, because I think most people in the United States have this view of um, Mormons that, oh, they're just really nice people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's really so much more to the doctrine, obviously, than something as simplistic as that. Um, I think that I was surprised by how polygamy was still an internal construct. I was surprised by how late um, Blacks were allowed to have the priesthood and I think the deeper I went into the history, the more concerning things I found, which I think is the case for a lot of Latter-day Saints as well. And for me, that just wasn't something that I could get past, believing in a God that would do something like that to people and command it is really something that, that I struggled with when I was looking at the different sides to the story. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're geeking out on Mormonism, you're very interested in the subject, and then you for whatever reason, during this journey that you're on, you said you felt, now this is the thing, you are, uh, you had told me the other day, Presbyterian, in particular, mm -hmm. the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, and just to give the audience a little, uh, uh, that the Presbyterianism is part of the Reformed tradition, which is what uh, mm -hmm. John Calvin, and your particular branch of Presbyterianism would be considered conservative Presbyterian, um, not like the mainline Presbyterian Church USA, but more of a classically mm -hmm. Reformed denomination. And so, and, and of course, within uh, Calvinism or the Reformed faith is the idea of uh, uh, doctrinal rigor, getting the theology right. Uh, everything has mm -hmm. to be correctly, in, and that's what the, that's kind of what they're known for. So here you are, you're, you know, you've been trained up in having a, like a Calvinist worldview. And this is what I tell people. Yeah. I say, I used to be, I, I, I'm no longer a Calvinist, but I still think like one, if that makes sense. It's still highly analytical. Mm -hmm. So you probably are still kind of thinking like a Calvinist as well. Um, so here you are engaging Mormonism and you are in a reformed church. And how are Christians in your church, uh, do you tell them that you're doing this? And how do they respond to, to you when you say, <laughs> I feel called to go to Brigham Young University? Um, they did not know what to say. 
most people in my um, church and I think most Presbyterians in general are not very oriented around what Latter-day Saints would call personal revelation. <laughs> so that was actually new for me too. I had never really had experiences where I felt like I was called to anything in particular. I didn't feel like um, God had spoken directly to me about any of the decisions I was making, even though I did feel like I had a relationship with him. And yeah, it was really crazy to suddenly feel like, oh my goodness, I think God is calling me to do this thing. And then it was confusing because I already had a couple of friends at BYU. Um, and I was concerned that I would make a decision based on those friends or that I would um, leave my community thinking that I had done that, which <laughs> shouldn't have been a huge concern, but in the, in the moment it really was. And my church, um, I think a good number of them actually think that I'm Mormon now. So <laughs> I'm not really sure. I haven't asked a lot of people in particular about it, but most of the response when I said I was going to BYU was, is she Mormon? Kind of, yeah. you know, they'll ask my siblings or my parents. Um, my parents were like, no, she's not. <laughs> um, but we're a pretty private family. And so a lot of that doesn't really get spread around. It's okay. more, oh, she's at BYU. <laughs> And your parents, your parents were fine with you making this decision to do this? Yeah, my parents have always been very supportive. Um, they awesome. did not understand it at first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think they were pretty confused, but they've been very supportive the whole time. That's really cool. Um, and uh, so you feel this calling to go out to Provo. And so just mm -hmm. tell me about the process of, okay, um, uh, did you, had you ever visited the campus before? Or like, tell me about your interactions with Brigham Young University before you became a student there. Mm -hmm. um, I had never been to Utah before, actually. And so um, I graduated in 2018 from high school and I flew out to Utah in late summer of 2018 to visit just to make sure that it was what I wanted to do. Um, and at that point I had already said no to the University of Maryland and I was going to have to take a gap semester so I had a little bit of extra time to decide what I wanted to do. Um, my first time I visited a very sweet family that had um, been in K Kansas. They'd grown up with me a little bit and then they'd moved out to Utah. Um, they're still good friends of mine and they picked me up from the airport and we went immediately to Temple Square. <laughs> awesome. So it was it was the full experience. They got us tickets to see, it was actually, it was Pioneer Day. We, we got to see the MOTAB perform on Pioneer Day, like bottom level in the conference center. <laughs> oh, wow. um, yeah, so it was a crazy experience to have read about a lot of these things and then suddenly be here. And I think the beginning, um, it takes a little bit to be to be humbled and realize I really don't know what I think that I know, and there's really so much more to this world. <laughs> That's right. So tell me about your first time you walk on the campus. What were your impressions? Um, really, the only thing that I remember is that I was wearing a dress that was short, and I remember feeling judged. <laughs> uh. And it might have been it might have just been in my head. But, but there are definitely judgmental stares that I get even still if I wear something that's slightly outside of dress code um, on campus, you definitely get stared out of here if you know. Oh, wow, well, interesting. So, uh, okay, so then you decide you're gonna start attending. So tell me about just what was the process of your first day of school and meeting new friends and roommates? Just talk about that. Um, yeah, so, 
I have had a lot of different roommates. Um, my first roommates in the dorms um, were very nice. We weren't close friends. We haven't stayed friends really um, because we just had very different schedules, very different lives. But we were living in close quarters. My freshman ward, which I was very involved in because when you're in the dorms, you know, you have um, a couple of halls from one dorm or an award with a couple halls from a different dorm and then a couple halls from a from a boys dorm. Uh, so it's all very connected geographically and even more closely so than it is in larger communities that have wards. So we were all involved in a lot of activities together all the time. And some of those people are still my close friends that I hang out with. And so overwhelmingly, like my freshman ward was a really good experience. Um, I had the missionaries come probably like day two. I feel like I, I don't remember exactly. Um, it was sister missionaries. They were pretty consistent and they would come, I don't know, once a week. They would knock on my door when they were walking through the area. And that first group, we didn't really have any deep conversations about anything. It was mostly like, oh, it's so cool that you're here. Um, is there anything we can do for you? And then um, I don't think they ever really taught me because it is kind of weird in like a dorm room. They can't really sit down and like teach you a lesson like they normally would. Um, the freshman dining hall is the worst. Anyone that goes to BYU knows about it. <laughs> and I think one of the, the absolute worst parts for me was that on Sunday, it's only open for like six hours the whole day. And for people that have a meal plan, we're like, that's your only place to get a meal. That's kind of rough, um, especially because you're not supposed to go out on Sundays. So if you're really following the rules, then you get like one meal a day on Sundays. And if it's a fast Sunday, it's open for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, so would you say that, okay, so you you come there and you're meeting new people. Do you just, do you just go out, like, are you going around wearing a cross saying, hey, I'm an evangelical. <laughs> I mean, uh, how, did, how, did, how did you introduce yourself? I like to be pretty open about my differences from the start just because there's awkward things that come up. Um, there's been a couple of times where I've kind of been like not telling people just to see how long it takes them to realize because I do know a lot about the LDS church. I look it, I can act it, I can speak it, I can pray like it. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, it's not hard for me to pretend, but I prefer to be honest with people. And I think that, you know, it's it's better that way. But I think my first day in the dorms, I told a group of girls that I was hanging out with that I wasn't a member and their reaction was, that's so cool. Have you met this other guy in our ward? He's not a member either. And you guys could date. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get to dating in the, in the yeah. conversation as well. Um, so, so you basically, it sounds to me like you were warmly embraced. Yeah. Yeah, I really was. There's, there's always moments where you are feeling left out or, um, not fully understood, but for the most part, everyone was very welcoming and I, I still get along with all those people my freshman year. So. And would you say for the most part, it was genuine? For the most part, yeah. Okay, very interesting. So uh, let's talk about your study. So what did you come to, to BYU knowing what you were going to study or uh, tell me about your process of what classes you take and what, what your major is? Yeah, so I came to BYU 
when I was applying, I thought that I was going to be an international relations major and BYU actually does have a very good program for that. Um, I, when I visited the campus, I visited like IR stuff, buildings and um, kind of thought that that would be my life. Um, I actually spent three months in Spain during my gap semester before I came to BYU. And during that time, I realized I was not following international politics in the slightest. <laughs> so, mm. um, I kind of looked into other opportunities and decided that I wanted to try something in the medical track. Um, at first, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do nursing or to try and be a doctor. So I talked to some advisors at BYU and um, they asked me why I wanted to be a doctor. And I was like, to help people and they were like you should not be a doctor and I was like I'm going to be a doctor so so that's kind of where where I started but really it came down to um, some of the classes I was taking and how they impacted me and made me want to just go all the way with medicine wow no oh, that's really something so yeah so now is it neuroscience that you're studying yeah and how is that I mean that sounds like that's pretty like very up there like that must be very complicated and, and very <laughs> challenging yeah one of the great things about neuroscience is we really understand nothing <laughs> um which makes it more complex and less complex at the same time um the textbooks are changing like every two years i think it's mm -hmm. ridiculous but it's a really great field to be a part of and just learning the different receptors what they're doing in our brains and i think it's really applicable to just our general lives as well. So even if I don't end up a doctor, I will be really happy that that's the major that I got. So do you do you ever attend services? Like when you first get there, did you attend like weekly services with at the ward or did you attend Christian churches? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so my first um, semester at BYU, because I was only in the dorms for one semester, um, I attended my ward every Sunday, and then I would drive to my church afterwards. So my policy is if my roommates go to church at the ward, then I will go to the ward with them. That lasted for about a year and a half. And then the last couple of years, um, the roommates that I've had have not gone consistently to the ward or um, haven't been interested. And so I haven't been going as often to the ward. Um, but my policy with ward, I I, I will do ward activities, but my policy with going to church on Sundays um, with the LDS church is that if I'm going to go, it has to be before my service in um, a different town. So I have to be able to get there, which means usually, you know, 9 a.m. sacrament meeting, if I can make it to that. Hmm. And did, did, did any of your roommates ever attend church service with you at your church? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think how many of them have. I know my second set of roommates, I think four or five of them came with me once hmm. and it was really fun. I, I enjoy inviting people to come with me, not even as like, I think people in the LDS church, they're like, oh my gosh, someone's coming to church. Are we gonna convert them? And for me, it's so much more about like just having an open interfaith conversation. And I think that's important to having a deeper understanding of the scriptures because you know latter-day saints and and uh, protestants both believe that the bible is scripture so 
um, I think that having that interfaith conversation really starts with even understanding where the other person is coming from. And a lot of the times the culture at BYU is if there's a non-member, how do we get them to church? How do we explain to them what we believe? How do we tell them about the missionaries or put them in the member referral box? Um, and I really like to kind of counteract that with just saying, hey, like I, I will experience your religion and I take all your classes and I meet with the missionaries. Would you also come with me? Because you know, when, when the LDS church is such a big part of our lives here at BYU, I think it's important also to understand other people's religious views when they're a non-member so that you can kind of maintain um, a level of friendship um, that goes beyond like just what you both understand about the other person's religion. Hmm. Yeah, I like, I like what you're doing and it kind of mirrors kind of what I'm doing with the channel too, which is just to have conversations. And, and I think it's mm -hmm. important because there's a lot of people, a lot of evangelicals that like to, I'm going to go and save those Mormons or they read like <laughs> one or two anti-Mormon books and they think, I know more, I know Mormonism, blah, blah, blah. And they come mm -hmm. in there half cock and they, they usually just burn out. They, they just fail because they're, they don't get it. <laughs> and I like the fact that you've yeah. taken the time to do the research and study and read books. And speaking of books, why don't we briefly talk about some of the books, because this is a book review show, maybe talk about some of the books that you uh, have been influential to you that you felt are uh, good resources, and maybe you could even recommend to the audience. Okay, so um, one of the books that I really enjoyed, I had to buy it for a religion class. It's called Our Heritage, and it's just a, a um, LDS church publication. I'm actually not sure where you can buy it. I know you can get it at the BYU bookstore, but it's a short book it's really easy to understand and I think it's um, from the it is from the, the church directly so it's an accurate portrayal of some of the history um as far as Latter-day Saints see it um obviously my triple combination awesome <laughs> I also have a quad um and several book of Mormons in various languages um Great. <laughs> that have been given to me but the triple was from my one of my first sets of missionaries at BYU I was required to have paper scriptures and I was like that is expensive mm. so when the missionaries are like what can we do for you I was like you know <laughs> scriptures <laughs> um, so they were super sweet and gave me that and then uh, in Russell Ballard our search for happiness this one is really interesting to me I think um, it talks a lot about kind of the meaning behind um, LDS beliefs and Kind of, yeah, I think there's a, a real big emphasis in the LDS church on happiness, like often the plan of salvation is actually called the plan of happiness. And that's something that gets lost sometimes when you're studying deep doctrine. So I think that was a really good book to mm -hmm. look at um, more of the motivations behind LDS beliefs. And then Vaughn and Brody know Man Knows My History, which is a history of Joseph Smith. Um, it's a really interesting book, one of the first kind of big projects that undertook LDS history. Yeah, yeah. Well, those, I appreciate you going over them. So, uh, and just kind of talking about some of the, see, that's, that's the key thing, right? You know, most, a lot of the stuff that you're looking at is faithful stuff, which I mm -hmm. think is, I think people need to understand that, you know, you don't, you would not consider yourself an anti-Mormon. Uh, you would say mm -mm. you're a friend of the Mormons, but you're, yeah. you're a Christian and you have your beliefs mm -hmm. and you're mm -hmm. willing to say, okay, this is what I believe. This is mm -hmm. where I stand, but you can do it in a way that's in a Christian way and not in a mm -hmm. conduct, trying to condemn people 
uh, or even like, do you even get into arguments? I mean, to tell me about how some of the conversations <laughs> you have go, because you, you say you're a very assertive and you're a very strong person. Maybe just talk about some examples of maybe some arguments you got into or got a little heated or whatever, just whatever you're comfortable talking about. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I feel like I have a lot of heated conversations here, but not in like, not in an angry way. I've had a lot of deep discussions and it does get heated because when you're talking about someone's religion and your own religion, um, those things are things that people are passionate about. And so even if they're not taking it personally, what you're saying, it's still going to be a, a deep and passionate discussion. Um, so I've had a lot of those conversations with friends, with um, roommates, with the missionaries. And I think that honestly, they're incredibly productive as long as, again, you're not taking things too personally and you're really just um, mindful of the other person's position. If I feel like one of my friends is actually getting angry, then I back off and don't continue a conversation. But I think there's really something to be said for contention. Like the book of Acts says, contend for the faith, which was once and for all delivered to the saints. Um, now that I'm saying Acts, I'm like, is that wrong? But I think that's right. Um, and I think that that's just such an important part of having a faith. Like being able to just have those deep and meaningful conversations about it and say, you know, I think that what you believe is wrong. And, and it's not because I don't like you or I don't like how you live your life, but because I think that there's um, truth out there. And um, for me, I think one of the first things that I established when I was studying religion was that I believe there is truth. Um, to me, it seems like a real logical fallacy if we say that truth doesn't exist or truth is just subjective, like based on everything we know about this world and through the use of science and everything, I, I don't think it's possible to say that truth does not exist. I understand that there are some people that think we may not be able to know it, um, but I do think there's a lot of amazing tools that we've been given in order to find what is truth. And so for me, um, I do love Latter-day Saints, but I also think um, it's important to share what I believe is true with other people, just like Latter-day Saints do. We have kind of the same views on that. And I think that's a place that we can connect and like have a conversation. Um, and again, sometimes it does lead to heated discussions. I, I can't think of any off the top of my head that has been um, super heated. I know one time one of my close friends, one of my roommates was um, talking to me about some talk, I think it was like during quarantine, she probably remembers this. And um, there were a lot of Latter-day Saints, like um, what were, they were making masks. That's, that's what they were doing. And so I mentioned it and I was like, oh yeah, all the Mormons making masks. And it was not derogatory. Like it really was something I was seeing. And I just thought it was funny, but not in like a bad way, not in a like making fun of people way, just it's like a good trait that the Latter-day Saints have is that they're constantly um, trying to help people. And it was right after that talk um, at General Conference about how we're not Mormons, we're Latter-day Saints, and you can only say these names, and these names aren't allowed, and she was kind of like, do you mean LDS people, not Mormons? And I was like, no, because technically your prophet said you can't say LDS either, you can only say Latter-day Saints. <laughs> and so we just have, you know, sometimes there's, there's things like that that come up that you, you know, you have to be able to just like have a an honest and open dialogue about things and um, sometimes it does get messy like in that situation I look back on it I'm like that was just kind of dumb but there's also deeper discussions that we have that I think are just really important to be able to get into that 
um, stuff that's not comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that really strikes me is, you know, I tell people the conversations that happen off camera are actually more interesting mm -hmm. than the cameras that happen on camera. But I also yeah. have background conversations with people who will never come on the program, but who have reached out. I mean, I have people reaching out to me throughout mm -hmm. the world. And many of them, um, you know, ask me questions about, you know, my faith or mm -hmm. experiences I had. Like I come from the charismatic tradition. So like, what's it like to speak in tongues or, you know, they're very curious about where I'm coming from. Do you have people come to you and just like are genuinely curious about your faith and your, your experiences and maybe just ask like, like really, you know, good questions or that, that, that you could tell they truly want to know about your faith and, and what makes you tick. Yeah. And it's really interesting. Um, it's actually very common at BYU that people will do that. And I think part of it is that many BYU students have come from more Protestant areas. We have a lot of people from Texas, California, um, Arizona, and some of those places have like very um, big Mormon communities, but there's also areas obviously that you're gonna have people from that are that are overwhelmingly Baptist, Methodist, variety of Christian denominations, and most of their friends have been that way. And then they come to BYU and they're like, all of these people are lot of these things. Like, I don't like this. Um, so I have had a lot of a lot of friends that just enjoy being around someone that's not homogenous, I think. Um, and there is some difficulty to that because it does feel like you're constantly being asked. Um, because I do, I do appreciate it and I will never say no to someone when they when they ask to have a conversation or when they start a conversation about faith. I think it's an important topic. And there's only so many of us here that have this perspective. And so I don't see it as like an offensive thing or, or even a bothersome thing, but it is difficult to be one of the very few people on campus that has a different perspective, because I think people really do hunger to hear other perspectives. And then that ends up being kind of your um, time and energy. And when it's something that both sides care about, it's um, important to, portray it in a way that is fair to what you believe um, without being mean to the other side. Of course, you know, I believe truth is truth. So I'm not gonna compromise on truth to make someone feel better about themselves or to feel better about their religion. Um, that's something that I will, will never do. But yeah, of course, you know, there's kind and tactful ways to discuss things and also less kind. <laughs> Yeah. And, and speaking of which, have there been attempts? I mean, like, have people made real uh, aggressive? I, want, I don't want to use aggressive, but people have really, really made attempts to convert you. Um, have, has that happened often? Is that something that happens frequently? Or is it just something that happens at, not at all? Um, there's kind of a couple aspects to this. I think that right before all of my friends, my freshman year left on their missions, there was a few people that were kind of gung-ho about it um but i also am like i said i'm um very strong in what i believe and i'm having conversations about it constantly with people and you know not me bringing it up but people asking about it and just coming up in conversation and so i think most people were aware of what i believed and also what i thought about different lds beliefs or the LDS church and so most of them didn't even try <laughs> because 
I think it's a lot harder for students where they might just be, oh, I don't really know what I believe or, uh, well, I kind of believe this and just won't just take a stand for it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like my personality is just um, strong for better or for worse. And so it wasn't as much of an issue for me, but I have told a handful of people, I'm always like, well, if I ever do get baptized, you can be the one to baptize me. <laughs> now I can never get baptized because there's like five of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, and what kind of, just so I want to know, like, if, if are you like, since there's very few of you, like, does pretty much everybody at campus know you're the evangelical, like you, you've, you've taken your stand, like how do, how do they perceive you? Um, are they afraid of you? Are they not sure how to deal with you? I mean, how, how is, you say you're strong and you, you take your stand. Give me an example of what that looks like. Um, I think it's just honesty more than anything because there's a lot of people that are too afraid to say what they really think about certain things in the church. And so if someone's trying to have a conversation with me about the church and I'm like, okay, sure, let's have a conversation about it. And then they ask oftentimes, well, why aren't you a member of the church? And one of my first reactions to that, because it's the truth, is like, I don't believe in a God that tells men to marry 14-year-old girls, regardless of the cause. I don't believe in a God that says that people cannot go to heaven or the highest level of heaven based on the color of their skin. I don't believe in a God that gives, gives prophets that say horrible things about other people when they're proclaiming to speak for God. Um, obviously prophets in the Old Testament made mistakes, but I think there's a really big distinction between LDS prophets believing they were speaking for God when they were seeing, saying absolutely horrible things about other people and when Old Testament prophets were making mistakes in their personal lives and were not claiming to be speaking for God at those times. Um, yeah, so I think, I hope they're not scared of me. <laughs> that would be terrible. Oh, I would feel so bad. I think, I think people know that I know what I believe, but I hope that overall, like outside of religious discussion, outside of everything that I believe in our differences and beliefs with all of my Latter-day Saint friends, like I hope they just know that I love them because like that is what we're called to as followers of Christ. And love is a, like it transcends the ideas, any ideas we can put forth about um, religion. I think that our call from the Bible is to have a relationship with God. And I believe that that does come with certain things that are doctrinal and there are certain truths that the Bible shares and that I think are true um, because I follow the Bible. Um, so I, I do think those are important, but I also try to put first here that a lot of the people here are hurting and my job first and foremost is to love them and sometimes that looks like being honest when I get asked a question about the LDS church and about my church and sometimes that means like just sitting with people when they're having a really hard time and validating um, concerns that they have about their faiths or about um, you know struggles they're having and inside and outside of religion I think that's really just the most important thing we can do. I love it. And I love the fact that you are, you're, you're not trying to paper over differences that you will state what you believe, but you're doing it mm -hmm. in love. Um, I kind of feel that I'm kind of doing the same thing. Like, this is what I believe. 
and but mm -hmm. we can still have the conversation i just i think it's really awesome what you're doing i want you to tell mm -hmm. me um just in this positivity thing that we want to have going tell mm -hmm. me like two or three or four of like your favorite things about mormonism <laughs> um goodness so i think that you know it's hard because i don't want to make broad generalizations okay. <laughs> i will say some of my favorite things about my mormon friends um i don't know the institution or religion as a whole is is not my favorite but like my mormon friends i appreciate that um i know that they will always be able to help me like if, if i need a ride to the airport or if i need some you know something to bake or cook or whatever i know i can always text one of my one of my latter-day saint friends and they'll be like oh yeah for sure yeah anything anything to help out um and i like that they have that sort of a culture uh, i think it's it's really sweet it's a great community in many ways um i like that uh, i like that mormons do have a zeal for god um i think that there's something to be said for people that have beliefs and that stand up for them and even though i don't agree with those beliefs and i think that they're wrong in many ways i think it's good to acknowledge that you know part of that is a good thing like it is good to care about what you believe and care about god um i'm trying to think of a couple other ones i like that um i like that the community is kind of based around activities like sometimes they're annoying <laughs> like any byu student will tell you like oh not family home evening you know um but really there's there's a lot of um activities that are just a fun way to get to know people and i like that we kind of have a community that's based around that and then lastly um goodness oh i like that they know a lot of languages that's kind of fun <laughs> it's kind of funny they know a lot of languages because oh, of oh. missions oh, okay. so it's kind of fun to be at byu of course um I, it's a little bit nuanced because a lot of the times people come back from their missions and like they they know how to talk about the gospel and their mission language <laughs> and sometimes not a lot else um but it is really fun to be able to be on on a campus where i know you know if i have a friend that um only speaks a certain language oh i'm sure there's someone here that can can also speak it and um it's really fun to be able to have that experience here that's really cool i like it um you know it's so funny because about six months ago i went out on some forums on facebook saying hey uh does anybody know um of any evangelical students at <laughs> bring them young because i really want to talk to them and it's i think it's so cool that i got one and this is really really cool so i'm enjoying this conversation immensely getting inside baseball so this is great um let's talk a little bit about okay you, you obviously you have lifelong friends uh mm -hmm. that, that you are getting. tell me about what is it like to be a single female um mm -hmm. at byu maybe talk a little bit about your dating life oh my my dating life does not exist but <laughs> i i can say many things about um dating at byu it is it is an experience and i think even latter-day saints um have certain issues with the dating scene sometimes it's crazy like there 
there are so many cultural things here you just would not believe like a lot of guys even some of my friends like had a schedule when they were not dating one person they were like trying to find someone to date long term they would go on dates with many people and so um they would have like a plan of like all right I'm gonna go on a date Monday I'm gonna go on a date Wednesday I'm gonna go on a date Friday and they have like a budget for this stuff because <laughs> that's expensive um I have had guy friends that have been like well you know I, I just broke up with my girlfriend and I don't want a long-term girlfriend anytime soon but I need to stay up on on my dating skills so I'm I'm gonna keep going on dates um yeah so it's very very weird um I've been asked on dates as like a like a favor like one time I found someone's wallet on campus and I was able to return it to them and they were like can I take you on a date and it was purely just like a nice thing to do like a way to like buy a meal for me basically and so I like I appreciated it it was it was a nice gesture and we had a fun time but it wasn't um something that I I don't think would happen at like another university probably <laughs> um yeah, so I, my experience is, like I said, I, I haven't been on a ton of dates here. Um, sometimes I wear a ring on my, on my ring finger <laughs> so that I don't get asked out because, you know, first couple of days of the semester, sometimes the guys are just nonstop, like they're just ring checking everyone and looking for, <laughs> for someone to go on a date with. Um, yeah, but it's, it's a really interesting scene. There's, there's a lot of crazy nuances to it. <laughs> Do, and generally speaking, is it expected that the that the the male is supposed to buy the meal if you're going out on a date? Generally speaking, yeah. Um, I think it kind of depends on the person and on the couple, but usually first dates, guys will pay. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like you were treated pretty overall, like respectfully by uh, you know, that Latter Day Saint youth uh, men who are taking? <laughs> do, do you feel overall the experience has been positive going on these dates? Yeah, I don't think I've ever been like, disrespected. I'm, of course, there's people with horror stories, but for the most part, I think that most um, Mormon men were raised to be respectful. And um, even if that's in a very traditional sense, um, some women might take offense to that, I think, because they are like the people that will, will buy your dinner and open your door and things like that. But I, I can appreciate that. And I think that most of them have good intentions and, and they do a good job of being respectful. That's cool. That's cool. I'm glad, glad you're sharing this. And then um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about your dating life before we move on to the next topic? <laughs> no, I, don't, I really don't have much to say, although um, Mutual is fun. Mutual is the dating app specifically for Latter-day Saints. And that's one of the kind of a game here sometimes you'll have I've had roommates in the past that'll just be swiping on mutual and huh. um, trying to find people so yeah well, it's really interesting it is that's very interesting um uh so this is the other thing for you're going to graduate from BYU as a and you you said I am I am a proud I'm going to be a proud alumnus <laughs> of Brigham Young University you're going to yeah. wave your, your BYU flag proudly as a evangelical <laughs> Christian correct yeah, yeah. Um, I am proud that I graduated from. Well, we'll we'll graduate from BYU, hopefully, unless something changes. Um, but yeah, I think that can be difficult for some people to hear. There's a lot of people that leave the church or have just been really, really hurt by BYU that are still members of the LDS Church. 
Um, so I do want to be clear and say like, I don't think everything BYU has done is correct. Um, I do have massive issues with, with certain institutional things, but I also like, you know, we all kind of have that collective interest in the school. And I think even administrators, like there's certain things that they have to work with that are just really difficult. Like it's, it's really hard to run a school that's based on a religion and, and then try and make everyone happy because people are going to have different beliefs within that religion. And then people are going to have different ideas about how the religion should apply to education. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of the time that I've had at BYU. And part of that, I think, is just the fact that I've been able to do it because um, almost everyone I talk to are like, oh, really? Are you going to actually stay? Like, are you sure? Like a year in and they're like, are you transferring yet? Um, and no, I'm not. I'm not transferring. Um, <laughs> but I think overall, um, the reason that I would be a problem of BYU in the future is that um, you know, I love, I love the people and sometimes the, the overall institution is frustrating, um, but the professors have been incredible, like so caring. I've been able to do research as an undergraduate student. Um, I've never had a professor that wouldn't sit down with students and have like a personal meeting. Like even my freshman year, I had a professor that um, was a mother and a PhD. She had a baby, she was a professor. Um, and I was like, how do you do that? So I just went up to her office and was like, is this possible? <laughs> and and she just was willing to sit down with me and talk to me about her experience and um, was so sweet to me. And I think that's really like almost every single professor at BYU and definitely everyone I've had any experience with have been so welcoming and kind and willing to put time into the undergraduate students because for better or for worse, I think that um, the LDS Church at least does teach that the youth are important and that um, we should have a part in helping to um, raise them up, I guess. Hmm. And, and that's something I really appreciate. Um, you, you know, we had talked the other day and you had mentioned that you took some religion classes at BYU. Maybe just talk mm -hmm. a little bit about experiences <laughs> in, in, in that endeavor. Yeah, um, I've taken all of my religion credits at BYU. I just finished up what might be my last religion class. It was actually an English class, but it was the Bible is literature. Um, so yeah, if my professor's watching this, thank you. It was a great class. <laughs> um, and I have had a lot of opportunities to just share my own faith actually in religion classes because a lot of the times they will have projects at the end of the semester and you'll be able to say like what you thought about certain things or um, how you related to the scriptures that you studied in the class. Um, so I've done some kind of like funny ones. Like I had one class on the Doctrine and Covenants and frankly, I can't stand the Doctrine and Covenants. <laughs> um, it's it's something that's really frustrating to me. And there's a lot of terrible things said about like women. And, and it's just really kind of sad um, to me because it's supposedly coming from God. And... <laughs> So for that class, I made a artistic representation of the fact that I would go to the terrestrial kingdom if I died. Mm. <laughs> and so I made a little like terrarium basically of like the terrestrial kingdom, like put myself in it as like a doll. <laughs> and it's kind of dumb, but it was just, it was just a, a fun experience. And I hope it made some people think about um, the Doctrine and Covenants, which is what we were supposed to do. So yeah. 
you're engaging yeah. their text. You're in the, you're you're reading yeah, their scripture. Sure. And you know what, uh -huh. folks? Sometimes you read scripture. Not everybody's going to buy into it or accept a lot of it. Mm -hmm. But at least you are having a conversation with Mormon scripture. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I I think it's important like that I that I read it and know it and you know every BYU student, every person that lives in in Provo, Utah, or in Utah County, like not everyone has the time or energy for that, but because I'm in constant relationship with a lot of Latter-day Saint friends and even ex-Latter-day Saint friends, I think it's really important that for me personally that I understand the scriptures and where people are coming from. And so that's been a really big part of my journey here. That's great. That's great. That's awesome. So now you are part of a group called Cross Seekers, mm -hmm. which is a, a group, a basically just a local group within BYU, which is mm -hmm. for basically primarily like evangelical Protestant type kind of Christians this is kind of your your group, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And um, tell the audience a little bit about what your group's all about. Yeah, so I just actually just have become a co-president of this group. I have another evangelical student that's um, helping me with it. Um, we have really just launched as far as um, activities and things go. I have been helping with an off-campus Bible study this semester that's been really fun to just invite all my friends to and have an open conversation about scriptures that we all believe in. Um, but I, I'm hoping that Cross Seekers will be just a good opportunity for non-members on campus, um, specifically Christian identifying. Um, obviously, our, our leaders are Protestant, so we do come at, come at it from a Protestant angle, but of course, we would never turn down um, Latter-day Saints who are interested or Catholics and Orthodox Christians. Um, and I'm hoping yeah, that it can just be a place where we can get together and just study the Bible in a way that's more tailored to um, non-LDS people who only believe that the Bible is scripture, um, that we can have a deeper conversation and just be able to support the non-members of BYU. Because like I said, there's very few of us. And out of those of us that are, are at BYU, there's an even smaller number that are um, Protestant. So. Hmm. And so that's great. So the name of the group is called Cross Seekers, and it's a, a small mm -hmm. remnant of evangelicals, if you will, that are. Yeah. And uh, what is a just like a, a Cross Seekers meeting? What what happens? What 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 kind of stuff do you do? Do you guys just like you said you did Bible study, or is it is it like a meeting, or is it just more like a personal, you know, sitting around in a circle having a conversation? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so we're still trying to get things off the ground with this group. Um, we have communication with a lot of the members that or people that are interested in joining it. Um, and it has existed for some time, but clubs were kind of shut down for COVID. So we're sort of reviving it. Um, like I said, I have been part of an off-campus Bible study because you cannot organize things like that on campus officially um, okay. if you are not affiliated with like some sort of club or something. So hmm. um I mean, I'm sure we can have a small Bible study on campus without getting in trouble. I don't want it to come across as if like that would be shut down, but it's definitely something we'd want to do as like a, um, an official club. And so um, basically getting, becoming an official, uh, official club means that we get to contact people more freely and just be able to serve BYU students in a way that's um, a little more official, which I really appreciate. Um, yeah so hopefully um we've talked to a lot of people about what we want to do for meetings and honestly there's there's not a lot of protestant students like i said at byu so we will see how often we're able to meet 
but um, I'm hoping that we can have a variety of activities. We've had interest in Bible studies, interest in having speakers come, and that's happened in the past. Um, and we've just had really great support from the, the club's offices at BYU and the people that are all involved with getting it set up. So that's been a really good experience so far. That's great. Well, thanks for sharing all this. So I just wanted to ask you, yeah. so you last week, you see this evangelical just plops into this world of Mormon stories. <laughs> and what were your first impressions and what made you decide to reach out to me? Um, I listened to your first podcast on Mormon stories. Um, I enjoy Mormon stories as a way to like hear different experiences with the church um, because I am constantly hearing faithful experiences and I honor those, but I also want to honor the ones that were not as good and people who have left the church and just experiences that they've had from that um, because I think that's a big part of our community as well. And so I was watching your episode. I saw the, the title that there's an evangelical on. And I was like, no way. Um, someone else that's a nerd about the LDS church is an evangelical. Um, yeah, so I was just excited to hear that you also have an interest in it and that you um, have a very interesting story with becoming atheist and then becoming evangelical again. Um, I think it's so interesting to hear just people's religious journeys and how they um, come to the faith that they're part of, what they believe truth is, and how they define truth and come to conclusions about what truth is. So I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Yeah, this is, and you know, this is one, and I think it's in part five or whatever. Well, I, I, I announced it in the mm -hmm. first one. Said, I really feel the Lord brought all four of us in this room. And mm -hmm. I felt like I saw, I, or I had 20 subscribers on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And my friend said, are you going to ever tell your story? I said, yeah, I'm going to go on the show called Mormon Stories. And I'm going to do like <laughs> a five hour, actually turned out to be like a 10 or 12 hour interview uh, yeah. and tell my whole story. It's like, I just knew I was going to go on. And, mm -hmm. and so there's a point where basically there's this acknowledgement that John DeLynn and I and the others in the room are almost like, maybe this was a divine appointment. And I mm -hmm. kind of think maybe you having a calling a few years ago to come to BYU and mm -hmm. then you being in front of the camera, it's just amazing how the Lord can put things together. We didn't plan this. Yeah. You didn't know who I was a week and a half ago. And so mm -hmm. I don't know. I think the Lord, Lord brought us together. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think that God works through the little things. And I, I also appreciate that, you know, that's something that has been emphasized as I've come here to BYU. And also before BYU, I feel like God has opened my heart to understand more that he does speak to us and he's put us where we're meant to be. And so even on the days where, where BYU can be really difficult in some aspects, um, I'm just happy that I get to be here, that I get to, to love the people here. And man, I, you know, Obviously, I'm not perfect at that. There's there's days where I do a really bad job of it, but um, if I can just be there for even one or two people here and understand them from the perspective of what they've been through in the LDS church, whether it's been positive or negative experience, then that's just all I can really hope for. You love the people and you love mm -hmm. the, the school and that you are going yeah. to graduate from, hopefully. And you just have this great appreciation. And, you know, I think it's just great because I think the approach you're taking is the right approach. I think it's the Christian approach. Um, mm -hmm. I think that I really, I want to honor you because in one sense, you kind of have Thank your you. own ministry. It's become, you know, and, and you may not saw, call it a ministry. And I don't even like to use that word myself, but
But the idea is, is that just having, just being a Christian and being a light and standing where you're at and just, and just being able to do it. I think I just, I, I'm blessed by what you're doing. I'm, I think your story is so Thank awesome. You. Um, before um, we wrap this thing up, was there anything that you wanted to, uh, anything we didn't cover that you'd like to cover or any, uh, any last words you would like to t say to my audience? Um, I think I would just say to, to Latter-day Saints, like, thank you for often welcoming people of other faiths and being willing to listen. Um, I hope that I can encourage Latter-day Saints to have more of an open conversation with um, other faiths. I think so part of my experience at BYU has been that um, people are so concerned with me hearing about the faith of Latter-day Saints <laughs> that, that they don't even listen to what I believe or um, they are interested in hearing from, from my perspective. And of course, there's been many, many people that have done the opposite of that and have been interested. But I think um, just, just as an encouragement, um, if truth is truth, then we shouldn't be scared to have discussions with other people. And if what we believe is truth is not true, then maybe we should be less scared of finding that out and more scared of not being um, in the right with, with what we believe truth is. <laughs> because I think, if you are a religious person or if you if you aren't even i think truth is a really important concept and we need to strive to to understand what it is that's the whole concept of science and i think it also applies in the spiritual sense i think it's important that we acknowledge we have a spiritual side and that we seek to know what what the truth um, is spiritually in our world today and i would also encourage um, evangelicals or protestants anyone that's um, a bible believing christian i would encourage you to um, also engage with other faiths and just just to do it with love um truth is important i don't think we should ever compromise truth and and i don't think from either end of the story um, it's productive to pretend like we don't believe a certain thing or um, compromise what we believe to make other people feel better about what they believe but i also think it's really important that let everything you do be done in love and so when we approach each other i hope that it can be done in in love and just with a heart that we're willing to just sit with people, to be with them and um, just, yeah, just sit alongside them in the, in the really hard things. And, and ultimately, if, if we never end up believing the same things about spirituality, like God has that in his hands and he knows what he's doing. And um, yeah, but far be it from us to not, not love the people around us and to not share truth in a way that is, is loving and also um, accurate to what we believe is true. Leah Merritt, thank you so much for coming on today. It was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Great. So I just want to remind my audience to uh, like and subscribe and don't forget to hit the notification button for when a new episode comes out. Also, I'm going to leave a link to our Patreon page. So if those of you who'd like to financially support the channel, please feel free to do so. Uh, just a reminder, we are, the podcast is on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And actually, my producer, Anthony, called me up last night to tell me that we are actually on a few more, um, like Audible and a couple other ones. So we are expanding to basically all the major formats. So keep an eye out for that. Um, my email is mormonbookreviews at gmail.com. Uh, thank you so much again for coming on. I, I, I really love what you're doing. Thank you so much. It's really been a fun time. I hope uh, that my audience, whether you're evangelical, you're atheist, LGBTQ, uh, across the spectrum, everybody's watching my show. I hope you got a lot out of this. And I just want to thank everybody for listening and, and all the great feedback I've been getting. And I will return those emails. My inbox is full from last week. Uh, I'm, I'm in the process of returning those emails. So you'll be hearing from me soon. You all have yourself a great day.